third week in our series called I Have Decided. It's a series based on the premise that with a new year comes a new opportunity to make decisions. Uh, Decisions that will set or reset the trajectory for the rest of your life. Because decisions that we make today determine where we end up tomorrow. And so the first week, we looked at the decision to get closer to Jesus. And we talked about the fact you can make decisions about health and habits, debt, uh, dreams, diets. What it boils down to is only one thing is needed. And that is to seek a closer relationship with Jesus Christ. Nothing is more important than deciding that 2015 is going to be the year where I get as close to Jesus Christ as I can get. Most important decision you will make. Then last week, we looked at the decision to follow Jesus, and we looked at what it means to follow, that Jesus said, if you're going to follow him, you've got to lay down your life, lay down your dreams, your wants, your wishes, your desires, and you take up the cross of Christ, and you live the life that Christ wants you to live, and you decide that you are going to pursue Christ with a passion. You, You are going to follow as closely as you can with Jesus Christ. This week third most important decision, is the decision to find my purpose. To find, discover the purpose for my life. Now, we do not get to determine the purpose for our life. We don't get to design the purpose for our life. God is the one who did that. God is our maker. We we are his his creation. We are his masterpiece. God has already determined what our purpose is going to be. But we have to discover it. We have to find it, and then we have to pursue it to fulfill it. Uh, In his book, It, a book by Craig Groeschel, he tells the story of greyhounds at a racetrack. And if you've ever been uh, to a greyhound racetrack or seen one in a Bugs Bunny cartoon, you know that they have this mechanical rabbit, and it runs on a rail along the inside of the track, and the greyhounds are trained specifically to chase that mechanical rabbit. But one time, just as the race was underway, the mechanical rabbit malfunctioned. It actually exploded into bits of fake fur and wire. And when that happened, uh, the greyhounds became disoriented. So much so that one of them ran through a fence and broke his ribs. Another one stood in the middle of the track looking at the stand and just barked incessantly. Just on along. I'll come to your house and do that if you'd like. (laughs) The others just milled around and and just were confused and had no idea what to do. Because if you don't have a reason, if you don't have a purpose for living, you will hurt yourself. You will holler at everybody else. Or you'll just lay down and give up. And one of the most important commodities that I possess personally... One of the most important commodities I can offer you as your pastor, one of the most important life-changing discoveries you can make is to discover God's purpose for your life. And one of the most common themes in the Bible is the idea of purpose and vision. And yet the purpose of life is often misunderstood, many times neglected, sometimes just flat-out missed by most people. Most people do not live life pursuing the purpose that God has for them. They miss it. And so one of the most important decisions that you will make is, is I have decided to live my life on purpose. Look at this verse on your notes on the screen. Proverbs 29, 18 says, Where there is no vision, the people perish. Where there is no vision, people die. 
Where there is no vision, people run through railings. Where there is no vision, people howl at the world. Where there's no vision, people give up. And some of you here today, you said that very thing. You see, I I feel like I have no purpose for my life. I have no direction, no motivation, no meaning. I feel like I'm just killing time. And if you're killing time, you are killing yourself. Because time is your life. New International Version says, where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint. You know, when when life has no meaning, has no direction, uh, it doesn't matter what I do. And we see that in our culture today. Life has no meaning. People have no restraint. doesn't matter if I go to church or not. doesn't matter if I go to school or work or not. doesn't matter if I keep my commitments to my family. doesn't matter how I treat my people. doesn't matter if I do the right thing, the wrong thing. It just doesn't matter. Now, the Hebrew word that's used here is the word chazon. Chazon. And that's not to be confused with the Italian word calzone. Okay? <laughs> So, so, I mean, that looks pretty good, but we're talking about chazon. And in the Hebrew, it refers to a dream, a revelation, or a vision. I have a dream, a revelation, a vision for my life. And that's the question that I want to ask you today. Do you have a dream, a revelation, a vision for your life? Do you know God's purpose for your life? Because there's a crucial decision that, that you, you've got to make. Because when you understand your life's purpose, it brings meaning to everything else. Uh, this week, I, I had a, a special opportunity for me. Uh, I got to hear my oldest son, Andrew. He was our youth pastor here. I got to hear him describe in a meeting what happened in our family when I discovered my life purpose. Andrew was in his early teens. I was in my early 40s. I'd been a pastor for five years. And, uh, you know, I've always known how important it was for me when I had that light bulb moment when I discovered God's purpose for my life. But it was fun to hear it from my kid's perspective. Discovering my purpose changed everything for the better. Why? Write these down. First, a vision for life will bring focus. If you aren't living your life for God's purpose, your life is going to be out of focus. When you live life without purpose, without focus, you start saying yes to everything. You start chasing anything that runs by. You you say no to very little. And and then what happens is you begin to speak the language of the day. How are you? I'm busy. I'm busy. I'm tired. And it used to be when people would say, how are you? People would say, I'm fine. Now you ask people, what do they say? I'm tired. I'm busy. You know, as if being tired and busy is some kind of badge of honor. Like the purpose of life is just to wear yourself out. That is not God's purpose for your life. In fact, in the Bible, in the book of Ecclesiastes, it says that that kind of living is like chasing after the wind. That kind of living is living in vain. God doesn't want you to live life like that. God wants you to live a life of clarity, focus, meaning, purpose and vision. Now, it's crucial that you figure this out, because let me tell you, all of hell has a purpose for your life. McDonald's has a plan for your body. Yeah, Hollywood's got a plan for your family. Telemarketers have a plan for your money. And if you don't get some clarity, some focus, a dream, a vision, a purpose from God, then you are just fair game. You are fodder for everybody else out there that has a plan for your life. That's why you need to decide what we talked about the first week. The only one thing is needed. I just need to get as close to Jesus Christ as I can. 
That's why you need to decide to follow Jesus. You're going to lay down this hectic, busy, wearisome life, and you're going to pick up the cross of Christ, and you're going to follow him. And that's why you need to decide to find God's purpose for your life, because not everything in life is worth doing. And too many people, too many believers are missing God's purpose for their life, and they are squandering their life. They're giving first-class allegiance to second-class causes, and it is not going to hold up. A vision brings focus. A vision for your life will bring endurance. You, Some of you, you, you say, I'm so tired, I'm ready to give up. I'm so worn out, so frustrated. Maybe this past week you thought, I give up, I can't live like this. can't do this anymore. You've lost sight of your vision. And there are all kinds of stories out there about people stopping just short of their goal because they couldn't see their goal. There's a swimmer crossing the English Channel who gave up just yards from the, from the shore because they couldn't see the shore through the fog. There's a story of the mountain climbers that gave up literally feet from the summit because they couldn't see the summit through the snowstorm. This is a story of the wagon train where everybody perished and they died just a few miles from the next water well because they, they couldn't see it. They had no, no vision, no goal. We don't have a clear vision of the goal. We stop too soon. We quit too early. We give up before we make it. But when we can see the goal set before us, the Apostle Paul says we can strain and stretch and press toward the goal. A vision gives you endurance to make it. When you can see the judgment seat of Christ coming, you can hang in there in a bad marriage. You can hang in there with an illness or or, or a disability. You can hang in there because you can see the goal. You can press to the prize. That's what vision does for you. It gives you endurance. Vision for life will bring fulfillment. Some of you are experiencing frustration because you've been looking for fulfillment in all the wrong places. And that's actually one of the things that makes my job so fulfilling because you can't find fulfillment anyplace else other than in Jesus Christ. You can't. I mean, go try it. Go try it. You'll be back. You know, go try and find fulfillment in money and fame and job, even in family. You're not going to find fulfillment there. All of those things are eventually going to disappoint you. If you do them apart from Jesus Christ, they will disappoint you. Even family. You can raise the smartest, healthiest, prettiest, most successful, most athletic prom kings and queens on the planet. You can pour your money, time, energy, parenting skills. You can pour everything into your kids. But apart from Christ, it means nothing. What good is a soccer scholarship in hell? What good is a prom crown in hell? If you're not pursuing God's purpose for your life, God's purpose for the life of your kids, you're never going to find fulfillment. You'll only find frantic frustration. And that's why the family today is in such disarray. That's why the divorce rate is so high. That's why so many parents are estranged from their kids, because they're not pursuing God's purpose. Where does the vision come from? Psalm 139, 16 says, All the days ordained for me were written in your book. And some of you are thinking, God must be a very poor author. Because if he's written my life, it's a mess. And nobody would want to read this book, let alone live it. 
But here's the problem. The problem is some of us add our own chapters to God's book. I did. I I, I had 18 years of, of life where I was an unbeliever and I was not following God's script at all. I had another 20 years as a believer, five of those years as a pastor, where I was not pursuing God's purpose for my life. I was pursuing my purpose. And when I wasn't pursuing God's purpose, you know, I I mean, it it was chaos. It was Christian chaos, but it was chaos. And so my book has extra chapters. Maybe yours does too. But the neat thing about God is, is that the last chapter always fits. And whatever roadblocks and detours, U-turns, plot twists, diversions, delays you throw at him, God can make the last chapter fit. Look at this, Ephesians 1.11. It's in Christ. Circle that phrase, in Christ. It's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we're living for. Part of the overall purpose he is working out in everything and everyone. And again, that's why I love my job, because my purpose is to help you find your purpose in Christ. And in Christ is the only place you're going to find it. Nowhere else will you find your purpose, only in Christ. God is the one who made us. He made you a unique masterpiece. He made you to fulfill his unique purpose in space, time, and eternity. And it's in Christ you find out who you are and what you're living for. It's in Christ that you find your purpose. And a lot of people are trying hard, but they're simply missing the target. In the 2004 Olympics in Athens, there's an American athlete named Matthew Emmons. He was competing in the three-position, 50-meter rifle competition. He was a competitive shooter. And what makes, what makes these shooters special, the men and the women, is their special ability to slow down their breathing, to slow down their heart rate, so that there's no jitter. Not, not, not even from their breathing, not even from uh, their heartbeat. And Matthew Emmons was the best in the world. In fact, he went into the last round so far ahead of everybody else in the competition that all he had to do was hit the target anywhere. Didn't need a bullseye, just needed to hit the target anywhere, and he'd win the gold medal. And you know, at his level, he, he didn't even have to aim you know, to hit the target. And so he steps up to the line, Settles his breathing, settles his heartbeat, takes aim, shoots bullseye on the wrong target. Yeah. Drop from first place to eighth, no gold medal. You know, how many of us have done the same thing? We put forth the effort, bullseye, wrong target. Now, I've got good news for you. God has a purpose for your life, and the purpose of our church is to help you discover it and to help you find a place to fulfill it because God wants to save you from your sin. God wants to restore and repair and heal all those wounds inside of you. God wants to redeem you to your true purpose, and God wants you to find fulfillment in what you do. But honestly, it takes a decision. I have decided that 2015 is the year I discover God's purpose for my life. And I'm going to pursue it with a passion. And here's why you want to make that decision. Because having something bigger than yourself to live for changes everything. Pursuing your purpose makes what what we call our problems smaller. 
When, when you have God's purpose in your life, you'll still have your problems. Your problems are not going anywhere. You'll still have them. But they just shrink down to, to size compared to the bigness of God's purpose. Problems will still be there. They just don't get as much attention. They just don't matter. Now, if you want to find out God's purpose for your life, the book in the Bible that you want to read is the book of Ephesians. Uh, many scholars believe, and I would agree, that if you could only read one book of the Bible, it ought to be the book of Ephesians. Because Ephesians has got it all in there. It's been called the Magna Carta of the Christian faith. It talks about how God uh, chooses you, how God has saved you. It talks about the body of Christ and how God places you in Christ. It's just full of Bible doctrine. It's chock full of instruction about marriage and kids and work. It's got a great passage on spiritual warfare. I mean, it's just really, really a great book. It's only six chapters. You can read it in 15, 20 minutes. But it is, ju- it is just full of purpose. Look at Ephesians 5. It says, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Notice it doesn't say you were in darkness, now you're in the light. It says you once were darkness, now you are light. It is a change of character that happens when you come to Jesus Christ. It's not a change of location and a change of surroundings or situation. You were darkness, now you are light. Live as children of light. And just in the context of today's message, you just got to put God's light on your life. You got to let God light it up. Let God illuminate your life. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And who doesn't want goodness, righteousness, and truth in their life? And find out what pleases the Lord. Underline that phrase. Find out what pleases the Lord. And then conversely, he says, have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness. And all of us have some places in our lives that are dark. Sometimes we're the only one who knows about them. That's what makes them dark. And so here's what you need to do. But rather expose them. You bring them out into the light. You expose them. For it is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible. For it is light that makes everything visible. This is why it is said, Wake up, O sleeper. Wake up, you who are living life with no direction. Wake up with you who are living life with no vision. Wake up, you who are living life with no purpose. Wake up and rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Then it says again, be very careful then how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity. God will make sure that you have opportunities to fulfill his purpose for your life. But you must make the most of every opportunity. That's the mystery of the God's part, our part in life. God will make sure you have opportunities to fulfill his purpose for your life. But you must make the most of the opportunity. Now, why do I want to make the most of the opportunities? Because the days are evil. And then he says it again, Therefore, Do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Just make that your quest. I am seeking God's will for my life. He says, do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. And debauchery means that that you're letting your feelings, you're letting your emotions, your senses, your, your flesh call the shots in your life. When you get drunk, you're letting your body be in charge. Your lusts, your appetites, your emotions, your wounds, they're calling the shots in your life. 
He says, don't do that. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. Now, he's given us several instructions through here, and he's given some of us, uh, some of them twice. And so I want to just simplify this down to you, to, to three questions that you need to ask in order to discover God's purpose for your life. And if you can ask and answer these questions, uh, you know, even if you can't do it completely, you'll be well on your way to finding fulfillment in your life. And here's the first question. What am I doing that I should not be doing? It's a great question. Because all of us, if we're honest, we have things in our lives that we should not be doing. And many of us know we're not living the life that God intended for us to live. And some of you have just given up on that. You've given up and said, que sera, sera. I mean, that's just the way it is. That's just the way I am. That's just the way my life is going to be. No! No! You serve a God who forgives your sins, who heals your wounds, who cleans your slate, who gives you a fresh start. And this is the time to expose the deeds of darkness. You say, they ain't going with me into 2015. I mean, that old junk is not going into a new year. It goes this far, it stops here. Why? Because hiding behind those deeds of darkness is God's vision for your life. And all you've got to do is just remove that junk out of the way. Romans 12, 2, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind then and what happens when you pull yourself out of the pattern of the world? What happens when you expose the deeds of darkness in your life? What happens when you decide, I'm not going to conform anymore, I'm going to be transformed? What happens? Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. Because hiding behind all that junk in your life is God's will. And the enemy wants to keep all that junk, all that darkness in your life because if they can keep that dark junk in there, they can keep you from discovering God's will. They can keep the dream, the revelation, the vision that God has for you. They can keep it hidden. And that's why you've got to decide to stop doing what you shouldn't be doing. Because the decision on your part unleashes God's grace. God gives grace to the humble. God gives grace to those who confess their sin. God gives grace to those who admit their need. God gives grace to those, those who, who say, man, I blew it, I need help. That's the importance, the power of a decision. And so the question is, would you decide, this is the year, this is the time, I'm not going to let the internet drag me into that sin anymore. Uh, this is the year I'm getting out of that harmful relationship. I'm not going to let my senses tell me what to do anymore. I'm not going to let a bottle or a pill live my life for me. I'm dropping my debt. I'm saving my marriage. I'm reaching my kids. I'm finding my purpose. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Proverbs 4.25 Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Make level paths for your feet and take only ways that are firm. Do not swerve to the left or the right. Keep your foot from evil. If you'll do that, you will find God's purpose behind all that junk. Second question, and it's really just the flip of the first. What am I not doing that I should be doing? What am I not doing that I should be doing? The Bible says God's going to give you opportunities, but you must make the most of them. 
And that's one of the jobs of the church. It's just to offer opportunities to step into something meaningful. To step into a small group. To lead a small group. To step into children's ministry or step into the youth. Or to step into a place of service in the body of Christ. And for some of you, this decision means it's time for you to give your life to Christ. You've been kicking the tires on this faith thing long enough. It's time for you to decide to do more than just show up on the weekend. It's time for you to go all in. It's time for you to do something in the church for the body of Christ. So I'm, I'm going to read my Bible every day. I'm going to pray for the people in my life. I'm just going to pray about me. I'm going to pray for the people in my life. I'm going to put God first to my finances and give like I should. And when you start doing those things that you know you should do, you're going to find God's purpose. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. book of James is just chock full of wisdom. I, I, my life verse is out of the book, book of James, James 3.17. But James can be a little brutal. Sometimes he just, he just lays it right out there. James 4.17 says, Anyone then who knows the good he ought to do and doesn't do it, say it with me, sins. <laughs> it's just that simple. Anyone who knows the good he ought to do and doesn't do it, sins. Now, you don't need me to tell you what you should be doing. You already know that. You don't need me to tell you what what you shouldn't be doing. You already know that. You don't need a Holy Kelly in your life. You already have the Holy Spirit in your life. And he's already been putting his finger on every one of these areas. He's been saying, don't you think you need to stop that? Don't you think you need to start doing this? Don't let debauchery run your life. Don't let your senses run your life. Instead, I'm deciding to turn my life over to the Spirit of God. Because tucked into not doing what you shouldn't be doing and doing what you should be doing, tucked into that is you discovering and fulfilling God's purpose for your life. And this is so important for us as, as a church family for the year 2015. Uh, we are launching Growth Track on February 1st, Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, Growth Track is our life development process. We spent about the last year retooling and upgrading our life development classes. And so we're starting sign-ups for it this week and, and, and on your communication card. And there's Class 101, which is about church membership. There's Class 201, which is about the essentials of discipleship. Class 301 is discovering your spiritual gifts, and your personality, your passion. It's all about you. And Class 401 is about getting plugged into ministry in, in the Dream Team. And I'll just tell you, for some of you, it, it's time to jump in there and do it. It's time just to jump into these classes and take them. And you may be thinking, well, what if I've already taken some of the classes last year or taken all of them? Or, you know, there's one, two, three, four. What if I can't take them in order? What if my spouse can't come to all the classes with me? What if I already know this stuff? What if, what if, what if, what if? Just jump in there and start taking the classes. You know, we're launching a new process here. We know it's going to be messy. We know the system isn't perfect. We know we're not perfect. We know you're not perfect. We're over it. We're just over it. We're just going to jump in there and have some fun with it. You jump in there. See what God can do with a willing heart. And I'd encourage you just to make the decision. Okay, 2015, I'm going to just take those classes. They're an hour and 15 minutes long. We're going to offer them every Sunday. 
and uh, you'll have an opportunity to do it. Jump in there and do it. We got small group signups coming up. We're going to be launching small groups in February. It's time for some of you to get in a small group. You put it off, you put it off. Now's the time. It's time for you to get into a group and let yourself be known. It's time to get into a group and let other people know you because we're better together. Some of you, it's time for you to lead a small group. Oh, I can never lead a small group. Sure you could. In fact, we'll train you. Pastor Tom's got training going on today, next weekend. Just go back to the small group table, talk to him. They'll get you plugged into training for a small group. You know, I made the pitch earlier in this series that if you will just give me a year of your life, in 2015, if you'll just take the growth track classes, plug into that process, if you'll get into a small group, spring, summer, fall, semester, step up and lead a group. Some of you, some of you need to go through something, not some of you. You need to go through Celebrate Recovery. I mean, if you've never worked through a Celebrate Recovery step study, man, you need to do it. One of the most productive things I ever did in my life, my wife would tell you the same thing, my two sons would tell you the same thing. I mean, just to get in there and get those wounds healed and bound up, I mean, this may be the year you, you just need to work through that. But Jesus says it like this in Matthew six thirty four. He says, give your entire attention to what God is doing right now. Don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. God will help you deal with whatever hard things come up when the time comes. You know, don't let the what-ifs keep you from discovering God's purpose. And that leads to the next question. Why not decide to do it today? You know, you're not going to do it all today. It's going to take us a year. It's going to take you the rest of your life. But at some point, you've got to make the decision. Why not make the decision to do it today? Because here's the problem. We over-exaggerate yesterday. We overestimate tomorrow. And we underappreciate the moment. You get that? We over-exaggerate yesterday. We overestimate tomorrow. And we underappreciate this moment. We get hung up on the what-ifs. We start procrastinating. We, we put off the decision to make life changing. There'll be a better time later. There'll be a better time later. How many of you are procrastinators? Any of you procrastinators? Man, a bunch of you, yeah. Some of you, you're such procrastinators that just then you decided, I'm going to raise my hand later. <laughs> Look what God says, 2 Corinthians 6. I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. God has never loved you more than he loves you right now. God has never been more excited about your future than he is right now. God has never been more ready to receive you than he is right now. God has never had more in store for you than he has right now. But it requires a decision. Would you make it? Let's pray together. Maybe you're here today and, and, and this is the moment where you need to make the decision to trust Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Where you need to just say, Jesus, I'm sorry, I've blown it. I've been chasing my own purposes in life. And, and today I change my mind. I repent of my sin. I lay my life down to you. I thank you that you paid the penalty for my sin on the cross and that you offer me a new, abundant, eternal life. And today, I want to receive it. And maybe you're here and you've been a believer for, for years, maybe even decades. 
And, and, and you've never made the decision to truly follow Christ. Yeah, you believe in him, but you've never made that decision to lay down your life, to lay down your wants and wishes. And to pick up the cross and to say, yeah, I'll follow you. Maybe this is the moment where you decide, I, 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 want, I want to discover God's purpose for my life. I'm going to stop doing what I shouldn't. I'm going to start doing what I should. And, and I'm deciding right now. God, move me toward your purpose for my life. I need to have meaning so I can, I can focus my life. I need to have meaning so I can endure through the difficult season. I need to have meaning so I can live a life that's not just frantic. I want a life that's fulfilling. God, I thank you all that you offer us in Christ. We receive it today in Jesus' name. Amen.